Hey guys. Yo. How are you? What's up? Um how how am I? I am well. I mean I'm I mean I'm in a good space. Um I'm bored AF, but maybe that's a good thing. It's not really excitement. So I'm not mad at that. What about you, David? How you doing? Yeah, you know me. I'm feeling a little bit weighty, but I am also grateful as always, or fighting to be grateful as always. And yeah, looking towards the future. How about yourself, Queen? I'm all right. I'm a little bit, little bit busy lately, but yeah. I, I. I think I'm, I'm grateful. I'm like, you know, I know, do you know what? I am actually really grateful. I need to just say things with my chest and let them be. Sometimes I'm trying to be extra polite to the world, but you know what, Stacey, living your truth. I'm gonna be living in my truth, but guys, I'm living in my truth, but yeah. I'm grateful I'm here. Like I'm thankful to God and let's do it. So thank you guys for listening to us. You're here with me, Stacey. Myself, Phil, and um, David Ajay. You know, guys, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm not going to do my intro for a little bit. Just, just, I'm trying to think. Okay, can I try a thing? Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. All right, thank you. It's a safe space. I'm going to miss it, but yeah, no, do this. My truth. I like that. Come on. I mean, hopefully it comes back, but for now, he's missing. He's taking a little breaky break. You know, everyone needs a little (laughs) bit cake. Everyone needs a little bit cake, you know? Love it, love it. Wait, so if you're personifying this person, is that your D'Angelo side? Hey, man, my D'Angelo side have been dead for a minute. This is my Mr. Rumble. Oh, okay. But he's highly inspired by D'Angelo, just like the rest of me is. Okay. All right, cool. So it's that point of the show where, you know, we sing a little song. Um, And the only rules to this game, it's a game, but the only rules to this game is that you have to say the words make it and make sense in the melody of any song, any existing song um, or theme tune. So I'm going to go. You guys got to guess what it is. Hopefully, hopefully (laughs) you guys are able to. All right, yeah, let's do this. All right, cool. Okay. Okay. Make it, make it, make it make sense. Make it, make it, make it, make it, make it make sense. Make it, make it, make it, make sense. I'm there. Stacey, how about you? I know it's not it, but the closest guess I can give you is Happy by Pharrell. Wow. I'm just going to leave that. I'm going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Left field. The closest. I'm going to leave it there. The closest I can give you. And I know it's wrong, but I tried. There's a black person somewhere on both songs, so I guess. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I did the chorus, but the chorus is the same melody throughout the whole chorus. <laughs> so I would have just been doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I'm not even going to do it. But yeah, David, what song is it, please? It's uh, Peaches, Justin Bieber, and all the other black brothers. <laughs> Daniel Caesar, Daniel Gibeon. There we go. Is it Gibeon or Gibeon? You know what? I'm going to stick with Gibeon for now until I'm corrected. Fair enough. <laughs> Daisy, well, you, did, you know the song, right? I do, but do it again for me. Sorry. Make it, make it, make it make sense. Make it, 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 make it,
don't know why it sounds like an advert, but I hear, oh, no, I, hear... I hear that. I hear it does sound like an advert. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 you sound in Georgia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what it is. That's what it is. But that's a good song. I say we get into the topic of today. So today we are going to be critiquing critics. I say that class, but that's not exactly what we're doing. But we're going to be talking about criticism and critique all up in this thing. Now, criticism is a very um, featured part of our, it's a very featured feature <laughs> of our industry. The industry. Dude, that's industry. so meta. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> featured feature, man. That's a gross. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's 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 very prominent in our industry, as we know from things like Rotten Tomatoes to even how movies get made. It's 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 very involved in the process and TV as well, and just audience consumption. You know, conversations on Twitter and social media about whether something is good and why it's good and how it's good. And so we're going to explore a little bit of that today. Um, and critique comes in all shapes and forms, you know, from the individual performances of an actor to the production details, like lighting they used and the color grade and the edit and the soundtrack to the whole story in itself. Like, oh, that was a terrible story. Oh, that was a good story. Now, as you can imagine, a lot of this stuff is, is kind of arbitrary, you know, because art is a very hard thing to define as good and bad, or is it? Or is it? My question to you guys, my first question to you guys is how would you define the purpose of critique in our industry? And I have a follow-up question, but I don't want to overload you guys. So I'm going to start with the, with the part A of my first question, which is how would you define the purpose of critique in our industry? Stacey? That being specifically. Oh, that's so heavy. Ooh. Oh. I was expecting that. Okay, how would I define the purpose of critique? in our industry I it's hard because I think the industry is very okay it's diverse in terms of like the. it's not diverse in terms of diversity but just the different opinions and the different people that are in the industry have different opinions I don't know how I'll describe it the purpose of it in the industry but for me the purpose of critique for me, I think it's easier for me to um, elaborate on in this industry. I think for me, it's more so to learn from and also to, to basically build a standard on or to figure out where, like what the standard is for good and bad. Um, when I look at critics, like movie critics and Rotten Tomato, when I look at when people in the industry talking about what they've watched and critique and stuff in general, it basically sets a standard for what's good and bad or what's trending at the time or what is being reflected in society. I think that's my answer. Yeah, stick into that. No, thank you for that, Stacey. Very interesting interesting aspects brother phil we coming to you yeah no just piggybacking on that it literally just is there generally is there to let us know what is good what isn't good um and then you know it's it, it becomes a bit more nuanced because then you have opinion leaders you have this thing called the two-step theory um which is something that 
I learned back in like year 10, um, where people's critique or people, sorry, people, we, we learn what's good based on the popular guy's opinion, basically, uh, or whoever we're following. And obviously now that everything's so fragmented in terms of who we trust, who we believe, whose opinions we, we ride off of, and that could be anyone. So the two-step theory is con- con- like constantly in work. I know there's some films that I watch simply on the basis that a certain person may have recommended it to me. And I know that there's some people who look at my opinion for that as well. So then it goes into like this, this, this general loop where it's like, oh, if he likes it, then yeah, it's probably a good movie to watch or something like that. Or if she likes it, then yeah, I guess I'll watch it type thing. And then also there's also the, I guess the antithesis, antithesis of that kind of, where it's like, if you like it, I'm definitely not watching it. So there's, there's that as well. But yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> said, if you like it, I'm definitely not watching it. Oh, he liked that? Yeah, that's not for me. <laughs> I love that because that's a bit of me. Oh, that's a bit of me. When I hear it's someone really cool. say, like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, stays, it stays, if I liked a film and Stacey liked it as well, I asked myself, did I actually like it? <laughs> Rom com specifically, I'm thinking, did I actually like it? Because I know our tastes are different. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Are you sure you like it, Phil? Are you sure? <laughs> I agree. No, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, no, but David, what about you? Oh, yeah, no, for me, uh, I definitely agree with what you guys are saying. And I think also for me, it's it's a lot about growth. It's about um, seeing what's worked, what hasn't worked, so you can implement it into your own thing and that so that the industry as a whole can continue to grow and create more, you know, groundbreaking, culture-moving um, pieces and stories. Um, my follow-up question to that, though, in terms of now that we've kind of got an idea of why we have critique, is what would you say makes a good critic or some characteristics or some aspects of critique that you think are important for it to be a fair and good critique of either a film or a TV show? I'd say, I'd say one important aspect is knowledge, um, at least a significant amount of knowledge in that field. And not, not just like intellectual knowledge, but more so knowledge that you could communicate. If you can't back up why you rate or don't rate or your thoughts and opinions and feelings towards a piece, in my opinion, you're a terrible critic. So like, if I ask you, or if, if 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 the question is like oh oh you you like this film why did you like it I just I just really enjoyed it I just think it was re- like you're not saying anything there because you're supposed to be you're supposed to have this almost rule book or brief as to what makes a good film and then you measure it up to that or TV you measure it up to that and that's what your opinion is based off of but if you can't back it up then that's terrible so I feel like the knowledge but not just knowledge the knowledge that you can communicate is something that's extremely important to being a, um, a critic. Stacey? Yes, I think that's really, that's really good. Uh, I do agree with that myself as well. I feel like to be what makes a good critic, ooh, I think knowledge is at the top for me as well, but also someone who can recognize strengths and weaknesses of the work and communicate that because I think also we all have different opinions as well and we all have different tastes so 
I'm here for your taste. If you have a different taste, I'm here for it. And and like, I don't think you have to be particularly knowledgeable about the field to be a good critic. Maybe you just have to have a bit more knowledge about what you're watching and maybe the background of it and a little bit of, yeah, just have a little bit of a sense of why the person created it. And then you can critique effectively on that. And then you can critique on how that made you feel as well. Mm, but yeah, mm. that's my thing. No, thank you guys. And my, just a bonus question, I guess, is for you now personally, what makes you listen to a critic? Um, and before you go into your answers, like just picking up on some of what Phil said and some of what you said, Stacey, is like, are we also being a bit, I don't want to say elitist, but are we also being a bit unfair to casual viewers when we say things like, um, you have to be, I mean, Stacey, you did mention that you don't have to be like an expert of the film, but just to like copy what Phil was saying in terms of, I enjoyed that film. Like, is that not enough for a casual viewer? Do do we expect them to delve deeper to have a a, a, a very deep understanding and opinion on a film, or or is there room for just you enjoyed it? That's cool. That's 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 your review of the film. That's cool. As in coming from a critic, or just coming from a person, from a casual viewer, casual audiences. Then yeah, they can say whatever they want. I feel like a casual viewer can say whatever they want. People ain't got rated though, if that makes sense. Whereas a critic, your whole livelihood is based on people rating your opinion. Your opinion has to be the dog, um, the dog's bollocks because you're a critic. You see what I'm saying? It has to be top notch. You can't have a bad opinion. And as soon as you have a bad opinion, suddenly everything you've said has come into question because literally people are coming to you for your opinion. Does that make sense? So. A, a casual viewer there's a space for a casual viewer that we have twitter in it anyone can say what they want about a film but you're not going to be held to the same esteem as a critic you just you just won't if that makes sense like even like myself when it comes to certain movies there's some people i just don't ask whether they liked it or not and there's other people where if i do ask them i'm not asking them because i feel that they're going to give me a a critique or um, a view that I trust, I just ask them to see if they enjoyed it because I feel like primarily films are there to be enjoyed. Whether it's a good film or not, who cares? Like Coming to America is not a good mm-hmm. film, but I enjoyed it. So it's it, there's that nuance. You, you see what I'm saying? I know a lot of people that enjoyed it and I know a lot of filmmakers who, who would talk about how terrible it was a, as a movie and I would agree with both of them, Does that make, if that makes sense. But yeah. 100%. 100%. No, That's good. That's good. Um, I would say, in terms of being a casual viewer, do you know what? I kind of respect, I really, not kind of, an opinion, their take on... You're, you're going like, in and out. The last thing we heard was, um, I respect. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to breathe through this. It's going to work. It's going to work. Let me know if I go in and out again, guys. Yeah. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, I was saying that I really do respect a good casual viewer's critique. Um, yeah, in addition to someone who's more knowledgeable about what they're talking about. Because for me, a lot of the things that I take into consideration when I'm watching a piece of work is the way it touches me. 
and the way it made me feel or the reality or authenticity of the piece to real life depending on what the piece is if it's supposed to be natural then of course I want to see see the authenticity and how it moves me but if it's not supposed to be natural also I want to see how it moves me but less about authenticity like authenticity plays different roles in non-naturalistic pieces but um when it comes to hearing a casual viewer's opinion I I like it because I'm like I'm not when I create work I'm not creating it for I'm creating it for a wider public. I'm creating it to hear and understand what the piece of work that I've acted in, written in, directed, all of that good stuff, the reaction that it gets from a wider audience. So I'm here for understanding what a piece of work evokes in a person and I can run with it and take that into consideration. Will I change what I do all the time? Probably not. It's good to know. It's good to know, like, the medium. Medium? Is it medium or medium? I think medium. I still a good casual, a casual viewer's critique. And I, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. Sometimes, you know, people talk out of, out of emotion a lot of the time. Like, if you don't like it and you can't explain why you don't like it and you're so, like, adamant I just don't like it you don't want to talk about it by all means so I'm like I'm more likely to just walk away from that conversation uh, other than that yeah I appreciate them <laughs> I appreciate that I appreciate that um thanks. what about you David Oh, what about me? See, I don't... David ain't trying to answer questions right now. David just trying to... <laughs> David, talk, bro. Ask the questions. What's the question you're asking me? What's the question you're asking me? Hmm? I want to know. What's that question you're asking Are you me? doing Denzel? You're doing Denzel? I love that. Hello. Hey, hey. Gang, gang, gang. All right, so my question is, um, in terms of a casual viewer's opinion, especially mm. in a Twitter generation where everyone's opinion somehow is golden... Yep. Where's where is the scope for that in terms of how 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 do we value that? If everyone's a critic, no one's a critic. So how do we mm. value the casual viewer's opinion? Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I was even I, I was going to ask you guys before you crudely interrupted and asked me. But I was going to ask you guys essentially which one at this point in your careers do you value more in terms of the casual viewer or the critic? Um, in general, in terms of what you're asking, in terms of like, what's the value nowadays? I think that's, it's a bit harder to define when it's not personal to you because, you know, I can't speak for the guys making the big movies or the big TV shows right now, but I could say that for me, like what will help me more most likely or what feels like will help me more is um, the casual viewers getting behind what I do so that it can be, um, more more to the attention of producers and the likes that can take whatever I'm doing to the next level. Um, that being said, I don't want to just make trash work, you know? I don't want to get into a, forgive me for saying this, I want to get into a Tyler Perry situation, right? Where he's got his fan base, his people love his thing, but you take that to a critic, even on IMDb, a critic, and his work is getting finished. <laughs> But hey, it's clear which one he values more and it's clear which one's bringing value to him. 
I mean, even so, Will Smith gets finished every single time. Tyler Perry will get roasted. <laughs> it kills me to see how much Rotten Tomatoes hate Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> will Smith just produced a film, um, Life in a Year, with Jaden Smith. He, he was executive producer. Have you seen it yet? I really enjoyed it. I was just going to okay, recommend it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed it. It's on Amazon. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, even Rotten Tomatoes rated it highly. And I was happy to see that, you know. As I was watching it, I was like, I really, I really hope this one got some love. And it did, you know. So again, it shows sometimes how arbitrary this whole critique thing can be. But without without getting too lost in all these questions and conversations, my answer to the question in terms of value is for me, I definitely value um, the casual consumer's opinion more because ultimately that's who it's for. Ultimately, I, I, I'm creating something for people to feel something. It's fair enough if a critique thinks this is a masterpiece, but if no one's watching it and no one's actually being moved by it, then uh, it's it's almost it's almost wasted. But how about you guys? I'd say for me, yeah, I've been playing the game in the sense that mm-hmm. I come from a filmmaker's background, not just a casual viewer, a filmmaker. I've studied film for like over 10 years now. So I, I initially, I started being the guy who wanted to make films for the filmmakers, <laughs> if that makes sense. So I'm not talking about the casual views, nah. I enjoyed those films, but I was always concerned with the filmmaker's perspective. And as I, as I started my journey in filmmaking, I realized that a lot of the people around my immediate, um, like immediate people, they're not filmmakers. Like they can make a film, and this is like this is me not trying to be elitist here. I'm, I'm hopefully, does, does, this doesn't come across elitist. But they can make a film. They can put it out. They can tell a story for a narrative. But they're not filmmakers. And, and I mean that in the sense that a film is where a film where you use sound, visuals, and editing to tell a story. A filmmaker. Do you see what I'm saying? Where every shot is almost can be pulled, and then that shot itself can tell a story without any motion, any dialogue. And that's, that comes from like all my studying background and everything, isn't it? So that's, that's what I wanted. But yeah, when I realized I'm not surrounded by like-minded people, um, and it's kind of, it's kind of when I started working with David as well, because I, I came across David, who was a, um, enjoyment, enjoyment. I came across David, who was in it for the enjoyment as in, oh, like, I like this film. It made me feel this, like, those are, those, it was very high high emotions when it came to filmmaking. So for me, I'm at a place right now where it's like, I'm doing this for the public opinion. Not public opinion, but like the public view. I just want people, I don't really care what what, um, what the critique is on my work too tough. I just want people to be, be moved by it. But I know that when I get the capital and opportunities to be making films more regularly, I'm going to go back to what I started with. But right now I'm just playing the game in the sense that I'm making stuff for people to be moved. I want people to be moved, but my heart has always been in actual filmmaking, not like a narrative on screen, like actual filmmaking. So when I get the opportunity, that's what I'm going to be doing. Until then, I'm I'm good with this. Like I don't. Hopefully, this doesn't come across elitist because I don't see it as as one is better than the other. I just see them as very different, especially nowadays where we have so many different options in terms of what we can watch. And everything and how you can make your own cult following online and you can have people that will just watch everything that you make just because you made it hashtag christopher nolan like no one stops and goes is he actually a good filmmaker they just love him. 
get me? I, I understand he made some sick films, but every film, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, until, until, I'm in, until I'm in an opportunity where I can make films for filmmakers, then I'll just continue to make them for the people because that's, that's cool right now. For the people by the people. How about you, Stacey? <laughs> How are you, Stacey, by the way? Can I get the question again, please, guys? So sorry. No, no worries. I feel like we lost you for a sec there. We just want to make sure you're okay, you're breathing, you're eating well, you know, you're healthy. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Do you mean you lost me as in, like, the, connect- the internet connection? Yeah. Yeah, that too, that too. Mainly that. Pardon? Pretty much that. Yeah, that was the only Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I had to <laughs> I had to make sure that was sorted. Having a bit of like internet issues, but hopefully it will be sorted from now on when to sort that out. Um but yeah, if you give me the question again, I'll be no, what what we're just discussing was um in terms of the present. I'm in the moment. <laughs> so that's all good. Well, yeah, in terms of what you value more in terms of when you're creating your work or when you're doing your masterpieces as an actor, um, are you looking for the, um, the commendation from majority casual consumers or majority critics and experts in the field? say it's a bit half and half really I would say I care about both I don't I don't rate them higher or actually I think I do rate the casual consumers higher in terms of the in terms of how successful that it'll be but um, if I was to take it to like someone who is knowledgeable and someone who's a critic on the topic I would rate their opinion to see how I can grow and see how I can improve or what worked and didn't work yeah that's good that's good I, I, I definitely agree that there is a need for balance and you know like from the example of Phil's journey you know he's he's in a place now he's focusing more on one than the other but ultimately he's going to get to that place where where he then switches to the other and it will just over the timeline of his career, I imagine it'll just create mm-hmm. a beautiful balance of listen, I'm 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 for the people by the people. You could tell I watched Judas and the Black Messiah. I said Messiah, yeah. you know. Right. Oh. I, respect I watched it yet. I watched it. <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah, great film. I give my critique a thousand out of a thousand. That's a bit high. I was really excited. <laughs> I'll watch it more than twice. But hey, it was great. And obviously Mr. Daniel Kaluuya was sensational. Cool, cool. So, guys, we've been speaking a bit about critique, a bit about casual viewers. Now, let's look at us as viewers. Um, obviously, we're, we're on the way to trying to master this industry in our different fields, from acting to directing to writing. Um, so, obviously, we're studying the craft. We're becoming increasingly knowledgeable about the arts. So, my question to you guys is, how has this increased knowledge affected the way you watch films? Do you find yourself being overly critical? And do you, to some extent, feel like it's even limiting how much you enjoy some of your favorite films? I see Phil groaning in his seat, because I know, I know we've discussed this. (laughs) The people were going to let him know. (laughs) Oh, my days. No, David, I'm sorry. You answer that. 
Because oh. from the time we started working together, I don't like maybe two or three years ago to now, you've changed and I know you've changed. Yeah. I know you've changed. So you answer yeah. that first, bro. Dude, you know what? You're a waste, man. This guy, <laughs> one of the worst conversations we've ever had was when you asked me, was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air actually good? That was, that was the time I was questioning our friendship. Because I was like, who's <laughs> this man in my house asking me if Fresh Prince is good? Are you crazy? And then obviously we broke it down and I did some research and I've grown in my time and everything. And I still hold that it's flipping good, but it's more enjoyable than good. And that is a distinction I've learned to make over the years in terms of there are qualifications. You can say it's westernized qualifications if you want. You could say it's whitewashed qualifications because who makes the qualifications at the end of the day? But at the moment in this present time, there are very noticeable beats or qualities that top tier stories, films, TV shows have. And when you're researching and learning about these things, you learn what they are from how to properly um, pan out a story so that it hits story beats to show character development within the story in a good way, um, to have a satisfying ending to make your characters likable. These are all key things that have been shown to make a story good. So knowing these things, I now know when I'm watching uh, episode three of season four, Fresh Prince of Elite, <laughs> that they might have dropped the ball a little bit because, <laughs> because they, you know, as, as enjoyable as it is and as great the characters are and as much as I laughed, I could tell that they 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 let some story things drop a little bit, or they they you know they sacrificed some some quality for quantity, and that that's that was the case with a lot of shows back in the day. And a lot of my favorite sitcoms, you know, they're doing 24, 25 episodes a season every year, and it's like how many stories can you really tell about a family living in the house together? You can tell a lot, but you can also easily drop the ball because you got deadlines to meet and. <laughs> I've been rambling for a minute. I ain't trying to say I hate And, and just, just piggyback on that. Piggyback, piggyback. on that. Every season, the, mm. the overarching story of the series will only move along a certain amount, which yeah. is why, like, now that we're in the streaming generation, 10 episodes almost feels like the sweet spot. But even yeah. for some series, 10 episodes feels like too many. Way too like, many. I don't know about you, but watching like something like Luke Cage and Jessica Dude. Jones and, the, and Daredevil, some of those episodes didn't need to... Do you know what I mean? Cage season two... Yeah, but we don't we don't need to talk about that. We don't need to Brother, talk about that. I just need to mention this because I'm it should have ended at episode five. Uh-huh. Why it continued, I don't know. I don't care. I couldn't even finish it. And I loved Luke Cage season one. Damn it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. So that to say, I for me there's a distinction between enjoyable and good now that I annoyingly can't shake when I'm watching things, but to acknowledge something as enjoyable was still important to me because at the end of the day, I prefer things being enjoyable than good anyways because I know that this is something I can watch with my family. It's just like I can watch my future kids, you know. I don't have to be I don't have to be picking brains every time I'm watching something, even though I'm at a place where I do really enjoy that now. Two, overall, for me, it's always going to be about how it, how much you enjoyed it, how it made you feel, and I think that's achievable even with a piece that critiques would say is Wild Wild West. I mean, 
I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. Core. Do you feel like there's space for both of them? As in, there, there, are, there are circumstances where 100%. you would prefer this film to be good more than enjoyable. And mm. obviously, it, the thing is, I feel like it being good that by default makes it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But it being enjoyable doesn't make it good. Mm. So are there, are there some circumstances... Sorry, no, no, sorry. By default, it is, as in it being enjoyable doesn't by default make it good. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. But it I'm being good that. makes it enjoyable. It being good by default makes it enjoyable. I think it depends. I think it depends because you can have a great thriller, but brother, I'm trying to watch a comedy, you know? I'm no, gonna... but if, if you were out to watch a thriller that you wanted to enjoy or whatever, like... Okay, so you, so we're talking... Because obviously when it comes to crit- critiquing now, Critiquing different genres is sometimes different. Yeah, that's 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 way too meta. That's yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's but if there, if there's a comedy film out there that mm-hmm. you thought was good, like mm-hmm. it was, you could critique it and say, no, this is a good film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You enjoy that film. Mm-hmm. But if you enjoy a film, it's not every that it's not every film that you enjoy that you could can say, no, that's a good film. Yeah. See, again, I hear that. I hear this. I'm with you. I'm with you. But. Also, other factors begin to come into play because I, I definitely hear what you're saying, but I think I'm seeing it as, okay, enjoyable, but maybe not that good versus good, that's enjoyable, but I still prefer the enjoyable one for other reasons. For instance, it's got Will Smith in it or it was something I watched as a kid. So I'll, I, I will always uphold that enjoyable film over the good one that's also enjoyable by default because it's good. Yeah, so that's that's not that's not necessarily what I'm getting. What, what I was trying to say is, um, mm. like, okay, so I'll ask a question that will lead into the actual point. But the question is, has there been a film that you've watched that you thought was good but you didn't enjoy it? See, you asked me that question. Specific, I can't, as in a specific genre, a specific genre. I can't think of one. Wait, a specific genre. I mean. I, in that yeah, case, I mean, I, if you can't think of one, that's fine. I, I believe you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, but I, I, I can think of like because I'm, I'm thinking comedy, romantic comedy, sure. But in terms of like thrillers and all of that, I can, I can list a couple. But that's probably more to do with the fact that that's not my genre anyway. Okay, so, so I'm saying genre specific comedy. Okay. Has there Com- been a comedy that's good <laughs> that yeah. you didn't enjoy? Nah. Because almost by default, especially with comedy, if it's good, yeah. that means you, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so because yeah. of that, do you think there's ever been a circumstance where you're, when you're about to watch a film mm-hmm. and you're looking for this film to be good more than enjoyable, ever? Because I know you said that you prefer, you, you basically said you, you always prefer enjoyable over good. So I'm asking, mm-hmm. have there ever been a circumstance where that's shifted? Going you, know what, you know what, for you got me, damn it, you got me. Because <laughs> when I'm enjoying the film, I'm hoping it's good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, hoping yeah, they yeah. hit the beats. I'm hoping yeah, they yeah. get there. I'm hoping... So, yeah, yeah. No, you got me, damn it. <laughs> you got me! Because I wasn't even setting out to get you. I was just trying to explore, innit? <laughs> yeah, explore that. This ain't Dory Explorer. Leave me alone. It's a podcast. <laughs> in PQE with me and that. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. Right, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> so basically just to just to reel it back because i think i've answered it now is um your increased knowledge of your industry how has that affected the way you watch films and tv has okay. it then negatively impacted your enjoyment of it so like i said i come from a filmmaker's background so 
the times when I was enjoying a film as a child, um, where, you know, like you're not really watching, watching a film, like, you know, it just, it gave you adrenaline. You got hacked up, like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <you> get excited. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that time to me learning about films happened very quickly. So there, there, there wasn't necessarily a point where I, as a, a free thinking adult, was watching films to watch them and then I started to learn about films. So I was learning about films from young. But there came a time when I can't remember what the turning point was, but it was, I think it was, I think it almost went hand in hand with the ego and the elitism of the film industry, where if you ask a filmmaker what your favorite film is, they have to say something that's won an Oscar or is respected by many people or was directed by Christopher Nolan, right? And I remember thinking at a certain point, like, not my favorite film is like, I think at the time it was like, I really like Think Like a Man. I really like that awkward moment. I really, why, why, why can't I, why am I too, why am I not proud enough to say that these are my favorite films? Do you see what I'm saying? So it came, it came, I think it was around that point where I was just like, no, I'm going to try sometimes to watch a film just to enjoy it and do my best to get rid of all the knowledge I have as a filmmaker. Because I feel like if you watch enough films, like X amount of films, if you watch enough films, Every film is predictable. Every film has similar beats. It, it is pretty much the same same story in and out, right? But if you can get rid of those, it's hard. But if you can get rid of those and just enjoy it, I feel like you put yourself in a decent space. So when I was able to start doing that, that's when I started watching films about three or four times. So just to answer your question, it's like I had to get rid of, like I had to get rid of my knowledge of film because it impeded me enjoying films at a certain point. And I didn't want that impediment. I, I wanted to just enjoy the film. And also that married with the fact that I was kind of over the ego of the industry of my favorite film is The Dark Knight or my favorite film is... is American uh, Beauty, Pulp man. Like, <laughs> you know, Indiana Jones, like Spielberg just, you know... Oh, have you ever seen The Godfather? Like, no. I, I, at a certain point, I started to hate that. I was like, and I, that, that was around time. I was, I was kind of annoyed. I was like, why is that? Why is only one comedy film one best picture? That's some bullshit. Why does everyone feel like they have to be so serious all the time? But it's what it is. Yeah. So to answer the question, it impeded my my knowledge of film and filmmaking. Impeded my knowledge of enjoying, and I had to get to a point of unlearning that and trying to watch a film just to enjoy. It doesn't always work, but yeah, that's where I'm at. That's fantastic. Uh, Queen Stacey, I'm so sorry that we've left you quiet for so long. I, That's okay. It's okay. But we throw the question to you. Yeah. Um. So with me, I think a lot of the times um, I have to remove, if I want to really just like enjoy it, I have to remove the knowledge I have on like film tv and acting like i have to be like okay <laughs> okay stacy don't be looking at how they act just sit there and try to recognize what it evokes inside of you and then run with that but it's hard to do that it's so hard it's so hard to turn that side of me off and i don't find myself doing it often because as much as i try to turn off there'll be something that someone will do and i'm like <laughs> Like, I really could say, I could really sit down and be like, okay, Stacey, this Tyler Perry movie, just enjoy it, baby. Enjoy it, baby. And I'll be like, okay. Like, it starts. And I'm like, so that wig, we're running with it. Okay, cool. 
Cool, 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 cool. We're just gonna, I'm just gonna close my eyes. We're gonna pretend. We're just gonna pretend. But do you know what's crazy? I think the mind, I had that mindset of like, I'm not gonna critique Nollywood movies when I started to get really into Nollywood movies. And it has changed my attraction to the genre. It really has made me be like, okay, Nollywood, I see you trying. I see you making an effort. I see you like, Attempting to try different techniques and stuff like that, so and I. <laughs> hey, Stacy, Stacy, you sound so elitist right now. <laughs> Do I? Yeah, you're like I see you trying, like you <laughs> attempting to try. That's try. Oh, I'm so oh, sorry. They're succeeding. It's fantastic. fantastic. I'm oh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Different. Thank you guys for. Thank you guys for letting me know. Thank you guys. Like, no, I think that I I love Nollywood movies. I yeah. I generally do. And if I speak on it, I think I speak on it with the mindset that I didn't used to. And I had this whole like, I had this facade as to the ideal, what made it good, like what made films good or enjoyable. Were it was mostly based on Western Westernized standards and. When I say like attempting to try different techniques, I don't even mean in terms of like the way Western, the Western world tells stories. I just mean in terms of like, they are so good at changing the sequence of movies to, and still making it make sense, which I love. And I enjoy the journey that they take me on because as much as like there's loads of Western movies that, that do things non-chronologically, like, and that still works. There's something about Nollywood that when they do things in a non-chronological way, I'm like, I see why you did that. And I see the message you're saying with the reason why you did what you did. And it's, I like that you guys, you guys are, are like just giving me something different told in a different way told with a, like with different music different narratives like I just love that about it and I think I had to go into it like cleansing my mind of any of like the western western and I westernized oh god English please or any westernized like views or like oh yeah any hold-ups that I had but also if I speak and I sound elitist I'm really not like I'm really not like I'm just I think more so trying to still in the process of cleansing like any hangups or prejudice that I have towards the genre because I do genuinely really enjoy like Nollywood. It's one of my favorites as we, yeah, right now it's one of my favorites, but yeah. That's beautiful. So, so Stacey, would you say that you have a different kind of qualifier for how you critique Nollywood films compared to the Western films? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. I I started to, and that's and when I started to watch it, I started to, but now I sit down and I give them both. So now I first go into watching a movie without looking at like the technical stuff. Like I said, in terms of like acting, all of that lighting, shots, any of that. I go into watching a movie just like, okay this is what it says it's going to do. Let's see if it does, if, if it says, if it does what it says it's going to do first, like mm-hmm. what's, yeah, like let's see what it's, if it does what it says it's going to do. And then after that, in the back of my head, 
I can start to be like, oh, I actually did enjoy the way they shot this part. Oh, oh, the angle was really nice and all of that good stuff. And I still do have that in the back of my head. But at the forefront, I want to know if it says it's going to do what it's going to do. And that's the take I have when I watch like Western, yeah, like movies from... Guys, is it westernized? Am I saying it right? Because I feel like I've said it like nine times. This is not an easy language. I cannot help you. Bam. Bam. You said it right every single time. <laughs> Sorry, my internet froze for a bit, but... Um, yep. Um, <laughs> westernized, yeah. So now I sit down and I give them all the same chance. Even I started watching K-dramas and I give that the exact same chance as well. I sit down and I'm like, cool, what am I going to get from this? And I think when I, when I sit down and watch it give me what it says it's going to give me whether it does that or not i also by default understand more of like the way they tell stories mm. like when i sat down and i watched a k-drama i was like stacy you don't know nothing like just enjoy this for what it is then i was like oh they do that so different and i'm like oh i like that because that helps them get to where they want you to get to as well and i start to in, like just appreciate the way they tell stories because i think it's very different depending on what country and yeah just like their take on filmmaking as well and their take on telling stories and I think when I go into it like you know what just enjoy it I'm like oh, I really love that they did that because that's different and I like and I think I enjoy the differences more it makes me recognize differences and appreciate the differences more mm, mm. all right no it's very yeah thank you for sharing that Stacey um so by my understanding you have this universal qualifier when you critique a project of you have this belief that every project is setting out to do something and if by the end of that project it's done that well that's what makes it a successful project essentially um see now successful oh okay <laughs> we, 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 I, i'm throwing words in the mix that wasn't in the mix i'm, I'm adding like, successful on. is different okay. when it comes because <laughs> when if it does what it says it's gonna do on the tin mm-hmm. i'll be like touche like you told you told this you said you were gonna do what you're gonna do now for me the success of it is that authenticity and what it makes me feel or what it makes me understand about human nature or about the world or like if i learn something as well that's what makes me feel like oh to me that was successful. I mean, they completed what they said they were going to do, but as a whole, I think that's one aspect of the success, but as a whole, there's like all different parts of it that would make it successful to me. How would you, how would you, um, eval- not evaluate, but how, like what, what um, conclusion, what's your process on getting to the conclusion of this is what a film is trying to do? Like how, how would you come to that point? Um, I've the I don't know if it's called a blurb or what's it called? Synopsis. Like synopsis, yeah. So <laughs> I so I would I'd read the synopsis and yeah, I run off of the synopsis a lot of the time. And most of the time they don't miss the mark in terms of like telling me what the story is about. But then I if I can't find the authenticity in what the story's trying to do for me personally if i look at human behavior and the way hum- human beings are 
and I don't find the authenticity in that, then I'm like, okay, you you said A, B, and C, but it was very like forced. I was like, it's it doesn't touch an audience. Well, me per se, it doesn't touch me as an audience. But you did A, B, and C, and good for you. Like I'm more like good for you, and I can leave it at that. All right. So how would you reconcile this? Yeah. So okay. there's a show called Emily in Paris on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched it. But I've watched it. I've watched critique on it. Yeah. So the synopsis are somewhere along the lines of. Emily goes to work in Paris. Um, she's sent there by her American business um, to help benefit the company or something along those lines. The show is yeah. Emily in Paris. Now, at the end of the show, she is the same person that she is at the be- um, um, at the beginning of the show. Yeah. As in, she doesn't go through an, uh, um, a moment of change or growth. Almost everything bends to her will around her. Yeah. But the show is just called Emily in Paris. Now, yeah. arguably, it does what it says on the tin. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's like it's literally just Emily goes to Paris and then yeah. you know, she's in Paris. We just see her in Paris. Like everything happens in Paris. It's like yeah. there's, not, there's not there's no like indication that she's gonna grow. There's no indication that she's gonna change. There's no indication that um, she's going on a journey. She's just in Paris. It's just Emily is in Paris. Okay, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. That is now the show has been recognized. I mean, it's been nominated for um, an Emmy, Emmy, but yeah, they, they got paid off. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's commonly accepted that it's a terrible show. Mm-hmm. Well, it quote unquote kind of does what it says on the tin. It didn't, it didn't promise anything, like uh, on, uh, yeah. But we, it's, it's accepted that it's a bad show. How would you, mm. how would you reconcile that? Okay, so with that, yeah, I think as much as it's, it does say what it's, it fulfills what it says on the tin, I think if I take into consideration where where it's set, the, the era it's setting and the dynamic of the characters and how authentic the characters are to the era, humanity, the way we behave, then I'm like, okay, so as much as you say what as much as you fulfilled what you're, you say you're going to do in a tin, which is very simplistic, you still miss a lot of areas in terms of that authenticity of like where you've set it, the people that are in it, like the lack of story, the lack of development of character also to me isn't authentic. That's not, and I've said authentic so many times. I feel so fake. Oh my God. I need to find new words. Oh God. Um, it takes away like the lack of character development just takes away from the reality of human beings I'm like no one can relate to this so as much as you did what you said you were going to do how su- what, what what's your level of success now because to the wider public or to the purpose of like telling stories what what's the point of telling a story that doesn't transcend what is the point of that so i would say that the synopsis the synopsis helps us get like a gauge as to like what to expect but also more importantly everything else that is in the story so like i said the setting the era the language the people all of that also 
that's more important than the synopsis to an extent. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. I hear you and I feel you. Man, I think that this has been a great session. We've spoken a lot about critique and criticism. <laughs> Before I round up, I just wanted a quick note from both of you guys because we've spoken a lot about the purpose of critique and its place in our industry, but also to some extent it, it it can have a negative effect on us as creatives in terms of negative negative criticism. English is hard today, isn't it? I said this negative. As in your <laughs> negative criticism on our work. I just wondered if you guys have any advice on dealing with that. And I'm going to come to the both of you beautiful people. Yeah. Okay. I'm really intrigued to hear both your answers as well, by the way. I'm so here for it. Um, but in terms of negative critiques, I I don't mind. I think I'm very self-critical myself. So if you're going to critique me something negative, I kind of cushion it. So no matter what I do, I will like break it down and be like, okay, this is what I did like. I can I can sit down and be like, this is what I did like. But most of the time, I'll figure out what I can improve. But if someone was to come to me and say, yeah, you could have done this, you could have done that. That's fair. That's your opinion. And I do value your opinion depending on who it's coming from and the way you communicate your opinion to me as well, I would definitely consider it. But um, did you say, like, what would I advise? So what's the second part? Would I advise people? Yeah, just any tips you have for dealing with negative criticism. And you're, you're touching on it already. So, yeah, please keep going. Okay, cool. In terms of dealing with neg- negative criticism, I would just say, like... Everyone's everyone's allowed to have their opinion and what like depending on what you created the project for, if it helps you, take it on. If it doesn't help you, you can say thank you and you can keep it pushing. But we all like everything is about the way you decide to see it. I've been I've been hearing a lot recently and trying to put into practice a lot. Everything in life is as you get out what you put in basically. And in that sense, you're gonna see, you're gonna, it's, everything everyone says is gonna be as useful as you want it to be. So if you wanna see it as useful, that's fair and you can use it, but also if you don't, that's okay. And you can continue doing what you have to do in your journey. What about you? What are you guys saying? Finger snaps, so good. We're coming to you, Brother Phil. Um, so, the first, the first, my first approach with negative crit- or criticism in general is I give it as I'd like to take it. Sounds like a human centipede joke, but it's not. <laughs> a fan. I give it as I'd like to take it. So one thing I learned from a, a, a fellow filmmaker of mine is um, to ask, when, when someone asks for criticism or critique, I say, well, what do you want to hear? Like, do you want to hear what you did well? Do you want to hear what you could have worked on? Do you want to hear my general thoughts? Like, do you want to know whether I think it's good or bad? Like, what do you want to hear? So I ask for, uh, I ask for specifics when it comes to my work. And when someone asks me for criticism, I ask them for specifics as well. Because I feel like sometimes we overhype, like, cause they, you may come into this conversation with an emotion that I did a really, really good job. 
but your work in actuality may not be up to standard or to the standard that like there, there may be a level of cognitive dissonance there so I ask questions and be as specific as possible so you can get specific answers if in fact you get answers that you weren't looking for I just usually go out yeah I mean thanks for those but mainly I want to know about this if that makes sense I want to know about this specific thing and I'm not, I'm not I'm not really concerned whether you think it's good or not I just want to know whether you enjoyed it if that makes sense and I make sure I make that distinction between the two um, kind of similar to what Stacey said in terms of sometimes when you give when you when people give you criticism it's like they're almost trying to create the film in their image when it's still your film at the end of the day so you have to understand you have to be ready to hear anything but also understand that yeah you still have a filmmaker's mind or you still have this um you still have your own agency because it is still your art piece but make sure you hold on to that not too tightly, but make sure you hold on to that when you're asking other people, especially people's opinion that you respect, when you're asking them about critique, make sure you hold on to that and you're able to, to almost weigh up the two because sometimes we can be so hell-bent on telling our film, uh, our own story that we're not, we're, we're not seeing how bad the film is as a film. Not the story, the film. So you're not seeing how bad the film is. Uh, but then sometimes we can be so concerned about how good the film will be that we forget about our story. So it's just it's just about that balance of the two, really. So bad criticism is like, yeah, man, if if you're if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. That's the way I see it. If you're not ready to have this real conversation, don't ask. Big man thing. Especially if you're asking a filmmaker, do not ask. If you're not ready to have a real conversation about it, please, I beg. Especially ask me, don't ask. Like if 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 you put out some work recently and you come to me and you're like, what did you think of it? Please be prepared for a genuine answer that's not meant to hurt anyone's feelings is literally just my opinion of it. And I'm going to, and I'm going to be as respectful as I can, but it's still going to be my opinion. And it's just my opinion. That's the thing. So, boy, that's, that's my thought. David. Hey, when Tyler Perry writes the scripts, how many people do you think he asks? (laughs) I I think he asks like two or three people but he has their answers written in his head. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good note on, on, the, on the locations. I, I was talking about the casting. Yeah, the locations were, were interesting. Wait, say that one more time, but just put your wig back a little bit just so I see it in context, right? <laughs> hey, we love Tyler Perry, man. We love him. We love him. We love him. <laughs> Um, just, just quick for me, um, definitely agree with what you guys said. I feel like it's important to have a filter knowing who you're getting, um, feedback from and why, um, having trust and also helps to have some sort of, I mean, not all the time. I think when starting out, it helps to have a relationship with that person because you know that they're, they've got your best interests at heart. Obviously, as you branch out and you go to the unknowns and the masses, you're just whoever says whatever says whatever, um, and yeah, also is to is to remember your why, I guess. And I think it resonates with something that Stacy said in terms of like knowing why you set out to do this, what you want to gain from it, and understanding that feedback that you're getting is just to help you achieve that goal anyway. It's not for you to change that goal because then there's no point in you starting. You know, you set out to do something, you finish it. Um, and if people don't like the final project or the final product, Hey man, that's something you got to deal with. But ultimately, um, we're telling stories to hopefully touch people, but we're also telling stories to 
you know, free ourselves a little bit, get stuff out of our own chest and... and, and a vibe, so you a big that. vibe. That's part of it. Yeah. Right, so what, there's one piece of dialogue here from The Office where Pam makes a comic book for Jim as a, as a present and then oh, she yeah. goes to Ryan for feedback and then mm. Ryan's saying stuff that's like critique. And then yeah. she goes, I thought you were just going to say something like maybe add more margins. And then she's like, <laughs> well, did you want critique or did you want me to tell you how good your comic book was? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Those have, have that conversation in our heads. Like, what do you actually want from this person you're going to? Hundred percent, man. Hundred. But yeah, this has been great. Uh, a lot of talking. It's good yeah. to hear you guys' voices. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I'm signing out. Bye. 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 Bye.